Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. I want to thank you for joining us again on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. This is part two of a broadcast I'm doing with Dr. Anthony Randall, who's founder and president of Vanguard 21. Listen to this. He specializes in executive coaching, emotional intelligence, leadership training, and character development, and choking people out when needed. <laughs> uh, he's a martial artist like yours truly. He develops and leads marriage and family retreats and works with veterans, and he has served in his military career critical roles. Trust me on that. He's been deployed to Iraq, Afghanistan, Egypt, and worked with uh, some of the most elite units out there. So I'm excited to have you back. Welcome, Dr. Rendell. God bless you for being here, man. Hey, Victor. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Always love hanging out with you. Let, let's let's give full transparency. We're friends, people. <laughs> we hang out. It, it makes these fun and easier. Hey, you, you showed me something uh, during a break that you got from Baylor University, where my my last son was actually born in that area. What what did you get? Show me that again. Well, I, I've had the privilege the last few years to do some leadership development in college basketball. So. Um, was very humbled to work with Gonzaga on their 2017 run to the national championship. And then a couple of years ago, I had privilege to go uh, do some work, some leadership development with Baylor University with uh, Coach Scott Drew and um, his assistant coach, John Jacobs, and I got to know each other. And, you know, Baylor won their first Big 12 championship in the last, uh, you know, I think the first time since the 1950s. Yeah, big deal. Big yeah. Deal. So they are a classy, classy bunch. Uh, I remember the first time I caught – spoke coach Scott, you know, and I was like, what do you want to do for this leadership development? And he was like, I just want as many of my guys to know Jesus as possible. And I was like, brother, we can do that. You know what I'm saying? So Scott and his whole family are an incredible basketball family. If you know anything about the Jew family, but yeah, he just, just classy, just sent me a little letter here, just thanking me for being part of the process. Uh, like I told him, I'm just one tenth of 1% of that process. You guys have done all the work and, you know, got a little, piece of the big 12 championship basketball net. So classy group of guys, man, they're classy. They're phenomenal leaders, phenomenal coaches. Well, and they obviously recognize, um, help and, and leadership are, and you know, teamwork is dream work and brother, you were part of that. What a great feather in your cap. Give a lot of credit to that coaching staff. They are some incredible men of faith that are, they're doing more than coaching basketball. They're doing more than teaching basketball players how to shoot hoop. They are, they are teaching those men how to be men of character and how to live lives of character. So it's an incredible coaching staff. So, Hey, those of you who are in the coaching realm right now, did you just hear that more than just putting the hoop, uh, the basketball through the hoop? I mean, you want to make champions for life. And especially if you have faith, because, you know, we've worked with professional players yep. and there's nothing worse to see someone who's a one percenter reach the peak of their career make all the money, all the fame or stardom, everything they think would be big enough for their heart, get there, then can't enjoy it yep. because they don't have a solid foundation or, you know, families blown apart, can't keep relationships, addictions and all that. So yeah, those of you 
coaching, I don't care who they are, uh, how young they are, do the deal. What a privilege to be able to do that. Now, I have to ask you a question, Okay, Anthony. What is emotional, intelligent leadership training, says the Cajun? What is this? Uh, I know there's IQ, and I stretch all. I think I have 80. That's what I've given myself, maybe 80 points. I've never done That's a self-assess score. That's good, Victor. That's good. Well, you know, strong back, <laughs> weak mind. Uh, <laughs> so what is this EI? that we hear about. How would you explain that? Yeah, I was just explaining it to uh, a men's Bible study yesterday morning. If you want to see some really great emotional intelligence, uh, watch how Jesus or Apostle Paul worked their way through the New Testament and shared the gospel with people. When I read Jesus in, in the gospels, when I read the Apostle Paul and how he did ministry, these were men that were you know, first of all, Jesus is the son of God. So he kind of has all the tools, right? But the apostle Paul is this guy that spent his whole life with this high IQ, Pharisee of the Pharisees, Roman, Greek philosopher. He had all the IQ in the world. Um, but emotional intelligence is, a, is about more than that. The thing that you and I are struggling with is that you're stuck with your IQ. Like once you get your IQ, you're stuck, right? So some of us aren't doing so well. Okay. <laughs> But EQ can be learned, and that's why teaching emotional intelligent leadership is so much fun. Emotional intelligence is simply this, being more self-aware of who you are and how you respond in, in different environments and understanding your emotions and personality and those things. Being socially aware, that's understanding your environment, reading rooms, understanding people, relating to others. Um, so self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, how do yeah. we manage our emotions? And how do we have a little temperance? Yeah, right. That's that's the hard one, right? Yeah, it is sometimes. Can it be? And then the fourth one is relationship management. How well do we re manage relationships? And so, hmm. if anyone's interested in that, I would recommend Dan Goleman's book called Primal Leadership. Dan Goleman is kind of the he's kind of the spearhead of emotional intelligence, and he wrote a book called Primal Leadership that gives you the nuts and bolts of how it works and why, how to develop it. And then he identifies six different leadership styles. And so what I do is I help people identify their primary and secondary leadership styles and how to build more leadership styles. Because the higher EQ you have, the more leadership styles you can use. So you don't always have to just you know knife hand everybody as a Marine, right? There's, there's other ways to pers persuade and influence and lead people. So that's, that's EQ. Hey, you know what? I just had a great thought. How about here at the Leadership Training Center in Colorado Springs, how about we do a three-day weekend on leadership because we do obviously different aspects of it and bring you down. Would you come and be our part of our cadre for, uh, and, and we'll bring in coaches and business people and leaders in the military. How about that? I think we could do that, brother. I would, I would love to. Yeah. All right. Got a, I've got a three-day course that I teach on identity, okay. decision-making and everything. Make sure you go to our website, victormarks.com and say, I want to get on that three-day leadership training with Dr. Randall. This is great. Now, let me let me pivot just a little bit. I hear a lot from women, especially single women, and they say constantly to us, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I already know the answer. <laughs> right? Where are the men? Where are the doggone men? Uh, they're, they're, they're tired of what's been produced by the culture and mm -hmm. glory, hallelujah, the church. And we saw this 
you know, man, many years ago, uh, what even Bible colleges are producing, and they just followed the lead of the culture, which is sad. Mm-hmm. So we have a real need to help young men. And I'm in that place where, you know, I don't bellyache about it anymore. I just, it, you know, it's observation and I recognize it, but I want to provide solutions uh, for young men and men to f- either find their manhood or or get it, right? So what can you tell the person listening right now who goes, I do want more masculinity? Well, I think uh, I'll, I'll give a couple analogies. Uh, you know, being a U.S. Army Ranger and then having the privilege to work at the Ranger School as a chaplain and being behind the the green curtain, I can tell you this, that it's not the 125-pound rucksack you carry for 62 days. It's not only getting one or two meals a day or sleeping an hour a night or, you know, learn how to do ambushes and all that uh, in, in different ranger operations. The number one thing you learn in ranger school is leadership. It is a premier leadership school. Mm-hmm. And the three questions I always tell men and women is, can you lead yourself? Can you lead your peers? And can you lead a team? That's how we assess people. Can you lead yourself? Can you lead your peers? Can you lead a team? If we want to lead our young men and women into becoming men and women of God, of character, of excellence, though they're just not resilient. They're anti-fragile. When right. they get hit in life, they just don't bounce back. They get better. Like then then we, we need to model that as well, right? So raising kids today is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, and so here's a couple things, if I can throw out a couple things that I, that I think are helpful. I, I can hear people leaning forward. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'm a ferocious reader, man. I've got books all back here. I would tell you two of the best books I ever read as a parent and as a pastor were Dr. James Dobson's books on how to raise boys and how to raise girls. There are phenomenal books out there. I probably have 10 books down here on how to raise boys and girls. But when I need an answer, I go back to Dr. Dobson's book on how to raise boys and how to raise girls. So the first one is, is dig into some good literature. Mm. Oh, Anthony, you're doing all that Christian stuff. Well, let me give you something else that maybe comes from the world that we found helpful. Our daughter is going into her senior year of high school. Our son's going into his freshman year of high school, and our, our youngest is going to fifth grade. So I, I'm in the mix. Uh, I found an article a couple years ago, and I preached a sermon series on it. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, Victor. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, the, the founders of Microsoft and Apple. Do you know that they did not allow their children to be on cell phones or computers or devices? Wow. Except from like, I think, eight or nine in the morning till six or seven at night. They were not allowed to have phones and TVs in their rooms. They weren't allowed to have phones and TVs on them 24 hours a day. Wow. They were monitored, right? Mm. Because technology can be a beautiful thing and it can be used to expand the kingdom. Technology can also be used by the enemy. So one thing that we've helped our children do is learn how to manage technology. Um, you won't find my kids on social media because they don't have any social media. Mm. You know, I don't have any social media outside of my LinkedIn and I, and I use it simply for networking, you know, not posting my favorite cat picture of the day, you know, so, so we limit them on technology and you see my kids, you know, my kids, Oh, Oh, squared away. These kids aren't running around with anxiety issues or fear issues or who's wearing what to school or hanging out, what crowd issues, because they're not being bombarded every day by all this crap. Yeah. It's, it's psychological warfare. It absolutely is. What parents don't understand on that social media stuff. Yeah. So those are two there. And then what I'd say is, um, one question I've asked corporate clients, I've asked my 10-year-old son, I've asked everywhere in between, as I've said, how have you taken advantage of COVID and COVID hasn't taken advantage of you? 
And I know one thing that we did as a family this, this last year is we got really intentional about doing a Bible study every morning during the week. So 15 minutes reading through God's word together as a family, the kids reading the passages, the kids praying, just not mom and dad, asking each other, what's Jesus saying here? What's God saying here? How do we apply this to our lives? Just 15 minutes, mm. just sometimes more, some mornings, 10 minutes. But we've gone through three or four books of the Bible in the last year in depth, verse by verse. I guarantee you that puts my kid's head on straight when they head to school every day. Oh, totally. And then I would say, I think we talked about in the last segment, you know, I'm a big fan of martial arts and I'm a big fan of, of scouting. So um, my kids all compete. My daughter's getting looked at for some college wrestling right now. She wants to go to West Point, be on the Army judo team. Uh, my son just got his Eagle Scout. My son, both my sons wrestle and wow. do jiu-jitsu. You know, I think you create these environments where you create ethos. Your family should have an ethos. Mm. Your, your church should have an ethos. You know, our kids, my, my daughter will skip wrestling practice to go to youth group because she loves being part of youth group, you know, because we've got a great church, great youth group. So I think creating that environment for them to discover who they are, to uh, discover who they want to become and who they want to be in Christ. The other thing that I would say that I try to help my kids with and they roll their eyes, you know, all right, dad, you know, here comes more ethics and philosophy and more pastor stuff. <laughs> but I teach my kids all the time, you know, I want you to learn how to think, not what to think. Hmm. I want you to learn how to think and not what to think. Well, isn't that a, isn't that a rare skill, critical thinking these days? Critical thinking. It's not there anymore because we're bombarded with social media, with all sorts of news, with all sorts of information telling you, this is what you will think and how you will think. Hmm. Um, so I, I teach my kids the Socratic method. It's easy. You just learn by asking good questions. That's, that's how complicated the Socratic method is, right? Um, and then I ask them to do their homework and, and to, to re research things before they take a stand on an issue. And so teaching them how to think, uh, I think, helps them become better leaders in their schools and on their teams and in this world. And we start that at a very young age. I mean, I, we've been doing that since our kids were young. And I'll tell you where this, this plays out is, I, you know, I've coached youth sports for eight years. I, I coached little league and, and middle school baseball. I've been in professional baseball as a leadership coach, and I've been in, in, in the game. <laughs> There's a lot of parents out there today that think all their kids are going to play pro sports. And, you know, if you look at the pipeline, it just gets, it gets pretty narrow. My greatest goal when I get those boys on the field for baseball is to teach them character, understanding this understanding that those 90 minutes on that baseball field might be the safest place they're at all day. They were bullied at school. They're abandoned at home. They're being yelled and screamed at, man, I am not going to let anything interfere with those 90 minutes of pouring into those young men on that baseball field every day. And one thing I try to teach the folks is that there's a lot of folks that get off real early in life on talent. They have this incredible, just natural gifted talent. And I just asked a guy who's coached in high school for years. I asked him last week, I said, when do you see the separation? He said, 10th grade. He said, in 10th grade, you begin to start seeing the kids that all they've ever done well is based on talent. And then you start seeing these other kids who don't have as much talent, but they have character. And that character and that work ethic and that workload, it starts to go past the kids that have talent, but they haven't developed the character to meet the talent. So your talent will always fall back to the level of character that you have. So, you know, my son's not the, the best baseball player out there. He's not the all-star on the team. But you know what? He's up at 5.30 every morning lifting weights and hitting off a tee in the garage. And, and you know, he's the one that just got his Eagle Scout. And, he's, you know, he's doing these different kinds of things because I want him to be a man of character, 
not a sports star. Yeah, we 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 call it champions for life. That's what he is. our logo used to be. When we were teaching in our academies. We just go, hey, we're here to make your kids or you a champion for life. I'll just tell dads, don't give up when you mess up. Apologize. That's if it. you knew That's... how often I apologize, oh, yeah. said, you know what I just did, how I just acted. That's not a great example of God the Father. That's yep. an earthly dad who just got torqued and twisted around an axle. Please yep. forgive me and own it because that's that's huge. That's absolutely right. I mean, how many times have I failed to find some of these successes? How many times have I had to go apologize to my kids or my anger's got the best of me and I've responded in, a, in, in an angry way instead of a compassionate way? I mean, I've got more failures as a dad than I probably do of successes, but you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of being uncomfortable and maybe sucking at something before I get better at it. You know? Dads, is that encouraging y'all? New dads, is that encouraging? We, we hope it is. Here we are. Two oldsters in many realms of the 20 and 30 something. We're still working on it. Uh, it's a journey. And now I got grandbabies. So I'm older than the good doctor. But it's, it's, we just keep going. We keep doing and trying. Here's insight. When three of my five children grew up and they were already out of the house and getting married, all that, I, we had a little get together. And I said, hey, I want to ask you a question. Where did I blow it the most? Where did I suck the most as a dad? Where did I bite? All three agreed in one area. And I'm about to tell the world for the first time. It was, I was overbearing, Mm. overprotective. Mm. And it's congruent with my past and who I am. So I apologized. And I said, I'm I'm sorry. But trust me, it's not that I didn't trust y'all. I just didn't trust this world. Mm-hmm. And I parented out of fear for a long time. And I learned, well, I don't have to do that anymore. So, you know, we have two more kids who are actually teenagers still. I'm a grandfather and a parent of teenagers. Um, so, you know what? We have a do-over. My wife and I talk about, we're going to do-over. So we, we're definitely not overbearing. And, and it's good to see them grow and mature. That's a powerful share, Victor. That's powerful. Well, you brought it out of me. And for those of you who don't know, I turned to Anthony right here for wisdom and insight and advice on leadership. Um, and I, I appreciate you, brother, as a friend and someone who helps me along my journey. Don't ever be too old, too young, too good to think you can't learn from other people who may be above, below, to the sides of you. Even as a martial arts instructor, I say <laughs> some of the best lessons I ever learned were from white belts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a white belt that never gave up. And well, I appreciate your friendship too, brother. I've turned to you many a time. So we love you. Love you too. Hey, two questions I ask my guests before we end. First one is, what is your perception of me and the ministry? I mean, what we do, what's your perception of us? Uh, I think I told Janine a couple nights ago, man, I need to figure out how to go on a trip with Victor and Jeff. Nice. <laughs> and nice. she said, and she said, you know, if your back doesn't give out on you. And I'm like, well, you know, that's that too. Just... <laughs> I think your ministry is raw, man. I think your ministry is what Jesus calls us to do is you found alignment. Calling in life is divine. A calling only comes from God. And, and then we are given by God. We're given spiritual gifts. We're given gifts and abilities, our experiences are t- give us gifts and abilities and our environment just constantly changes and where we exercise those 
And I think you, you found an alignment and a calling to free the oppressed. You found an alignment and a calling to fulfill your story, the, the, the brokenness of your story and the healing of your story. And, and Victor, you know, for those that are listening to All Things Possible Ministries, I mean, what, what Victor and Jeff and some of these guys do without going into detail on the radio is uh, it's pretty incredible. And uh, I love it. Oh, brother, thank you. Uh, humbling and motivating all at the same time. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. When Anthony Randall dies, where do you go? What happens to you and why do you believe it? Well, I'll say two things on that. I've had to do a lot of funerals. Mm. And I would just encourage everyone listening to your show today that when you die, your eulogy should match your resume. Wow. And uh, it's a pretty uncomfortable place having to be a pastor, having to uh, make up a eulogy because there wasn't a lot on the resume. So does our eulogy match our resume? Did we fulfill the calling God gave us? One. Two, and I learned this from a guy named Dr. Chuck Stecker. I don't know if you know Dr. Stecker or not. He's in Colorado as well. But he came and spoke to a group of our soldiers about 20 years ago. And uh, this is his quote. I got it from him. Everyone believes in God. I guarantee you that any room I've ever been in, any audience I've ever spoke to, every single one of you here believes in God. And of course, some people get really kind of, you know, nervous sure. of that. And then I say, you either believe in a God that can save and redeem you, or you believe you are God. Wow. And you will come to a time or place in your life where you will have to ask the question, would I want to worship me 24-7? Wow. And if we're honest with ourselves, the answer is probably no. And it probably would lead us to a pretty dark place. Mm. And so you either believe in God or you believe you are God. And what I've found in my life and my ministry is that we all come to a reckoning point in our lives where we realize we're not God. We're not in control of everything we think we're in control of. And boy, I hope there's a God out there that can save and redeem me from the life that I've walked or lived. And I hope that there's something more eternal. So I believe in eternal life. I believe that Jesus Christ died he resurrected. You know, we, we're just studying First Corinthians in the men's Bible study I leave and as, and as a family. I mean, First Corinthians 15 is one of the most powerful passages in Scripture. The Apostle Paul goes, listen, I was there, right? 500 other people, the 12 disciples, saw Jesus. He's writing this 30 years after it happened. It'd be like, it'd be like you and me explaining to our kids what 9-11 was like and where we were, mm. you know? Yeah, over 500 people saw Jesus Christ raise again from the dead, and he was in a glorified body. And the promise that we all have is because we are saved by grace through Christ, because the righteousness of God has been imputed upon us. There is no sin. There is no thing that that we can do that can separate us from the love of God when we confess our sins to Christ. And I tell people all the time, you know, I like that song by Skilo back in the 80s or early 90s. That's my prayer when I get to heaven. I hope I'm a little bit taller. I hope I'm a baller. I have a girl on the phone I can call her, you know. We're going to be a glorified bodies, man. And this supernatural uh, heaven, the new heavens and new earth, it yeah. is going to be absolutely, I can't even describe it. Yeah. But it's going to be just as physical, as tangible as today, but exponentially better. So there is life after death, absolutely 100%. And, and there's nothing in anybody's life that they've done that can't be redeemed by Christ. It's interesting. A lot of people preach judgment and wrath, but Paul writes in Romans chapter 2, he writes, it's the kindness of the Lord that brings us to repentance. Mm. It's his faithfulness that we desire. Mm. How many times in my dark spots in my life or my brokenness, Victor, it's been the kindness of God that has brought me to his saving grace and not 
a finger in my face on what a wretched, horrible person I am. It's God's kindness. His kindness will lead you to redemption. Uh, I love it, brother. Thank you. Uh, you know, I have a lot of guests that don't have that, what I call surety of salvation. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have hope, but it could be better. Mm -hmm. uh, but I pray that they would listen to this and it would stoke the fire in their heart to have a belief system in Christ for a surety of salvation. And, and for those of Christians who are always just finger wagging against people trying to condemn them. Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn, but to seek him to save. Uh, that was his special operations mission. And That's right. we're just going to tell people about it. Thank you, Dr. Anthony Randall, for being on the program today. Man, this was a great joy. I appreciate you. Great being here, brother. You're a good brother, good warrior. Hugs to your family. And uh, how can people get a hold of you? They're listening right now going, I want to find out more about them. Super easy. VanguardXXI.com. VanguardXXI.com. That's my website. That's how they can get a hold of me. Or you can find me, Anthony Randall, on LinkedIn. You can search for Anthony Randall Executive Coach or Chaplain or whatever. I typically pop up in one of those searches. But if you want any information on what, what we do and the ministry that we do, VanguardXXI.com. So uh, safe to say you don't have a TikTok currently? Yeah, you don't want to see me doing any TikTok dances. That's <laughs> that's not good, brother. We'll lose business that way. <laughs> All right, you guys, check out my friend, brother, uh, as soon as you can. Hey, for those of you listening and watching, we're so grateful that you join us today. You know the website. Whatever lane you're running in, what God has you doing, do it for his glory and just go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.